independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, the inimitable Robbie Rist. Robbie is a singer, multi-instrumentalist, producer, engineer, actor, voiceover artist, radio personality, and all-around interesting guy. God only knows what else. A lot of people can do imitations of me. (laughs) Welcome to Independence Day, Robbie. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Joe. I I, I can't thank you enough for showing up, coming all the way to Pasadena from your part of the valley. Uh, You know, I've been an actor since I was six, so driving... You know, it's just what I do. Yeah, and you're a native too, so this is. Yeah, this is, you know, I'm, I'm I know what side it's all buttered on. You were, know. were you born in a car? <laughs> almost, I believe I was almost born in a car. Rumor has it, you know, maybe uh, propagated by him, but uh, Tom Waits has alleged that he was born in a taxi cab uh, in Denver, Colorado. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me the least. And congratulations to Mr. Tom Waits. He was just, for for what it's worth, and that this is something worth congratulating, he was just uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this week. That's odd. And he was he was inducted by by Neil Young. I mean, it's this weird thing. Have you been to the museum? I was Cleveland? I was there for the opening. I was there for the opening weekend. It's you know I was on tour and uh-huh. we had a day off in Cleveland and uh, yeah we the guys in the band we got a chance to go there for free, which was cool. Uh-huh. They'll let you if you're a musician. You get in free. You get in free. That's badass. And if you have a CD of mm-hmm. your music, they will archive it. Like, you, if you take them a CD, they will put it in their, like, permanent archives. Oh, wow. I, That's a, great. A little-known fact. But, yeah. So, so congratulations to Tom Waits, just the same. Yeah, totally. Although, not rock. Really, uh, Tom Waits exists on a whole other musical planet. As far I've said that for years. Tom Waits, is a, he's a bin unto himself. Yeah, I mean, downtown train, rocks-ish. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, in the neighborhood, yeah. I don't know, what, what is that music anyway? Th- there are rock elements, you know, Gypsy, yeah. uh, Gypsy Klezmer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. It's like rock? I don't know. There's a lot of people in there. Like, there's a lot of people in that rock thing that they, you know, shouldn't be there. Exactly. Well, you, that, know. you know, this comes up, well, this came up last week, I think. There was a point where, like, alternative music mm. in the early 1990s was this bin where they put artists, they didn't know where else to put them. It, it was before alternative became Bush. Sure. Or, <laughs> you know, those the, the, the 10,000 bands that sound like Right, Bush. right, sure. It was its own thing. It was cool because there was a period there, you know, this was my college decade, so this, you know, you and I have talked about this before, where, you know, whether it was good or bad... It was this bin where you'd find cowboy junkies and U2, mm-hmm. and you know there were there were an al- there was an alternative station in Chicago which would play Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. followed by Elvis Costello, followed by the Cowboy Junkies, followed by REM, followed by John Hyatt. Sure, and sure. it was this cool bin that that mm-hmm. could could catch a lot of different but things. That was probably more of a collegey station, was it? No, nah, this is big radio. This is really? WXRT, and it's, it's still around. But you just said John Hyatt got played. I know. John was, Hyatt's never been played. Yes, on it, it, WXRT plays John really? Hyatt. At least they used to. They've, yeah. they've since been bought by one of the big, you know, multi. Uh, Multi-planetoid yeah. <laughs> conglomerates <laughs> that know. owns all radio. I know, uh, it, which is, is they sad. don't own us here. They don't, we're guerrilla radio here. Yeah, on that's right. Radio. Try it, you weasels. <laughs> well, it has to be a commodity to be purchased, I guess. <laughs> it is. It's already. It is. Say, you know who Tim Conway Jr. is, right? I know Tim Guy Conway who's on, Sr. Okay, Tim Conway Jr. is on KFI. Okay. Um, about. 
15 years ago, he had an internet radio station Mm -hmm. and he got the entire industry all hot by saying, oh, we have like 420,000 listeners a day. And the truth of the matter is there was no way to gauge that back then. They had, they, they were, there might have been two people listening for all they, they knew. They were probably counting all the internet connections that right. they had. <laughs> yeah. The, the potential. So, That's like counting every radio in Pasadena and saying, you know, we are, we, every week we have. Yeah, we're reaching them, we have whether they're listening or not. thousand listeners. Right. You know, potential listeners. But you see, if, if presented with, with uh, writing the truth or the legend, print the legend. Absolutely. And Always. If, and if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just steal. Just steal from everybody. <laughs> what a, it, it's a lot harder to find what you're stealing from but, if you've but, stolen everything. But, but don't steal my stuff. I've had stuff stolen. Oh, it your sucks. stuff is stolen already. Good <laughs> heavens. It's all been... Now it's just... It's, it's, just a, it's, it's an entire art culture eating its own vomit. Robbie, I'm not talking about art. I'm talking about my car. Oh. <laughs> so let's with that let's digress just a little bit I want to give our listening audience all 250,000 of them something yes. to chew on so we know where we're coming from I'm going to play a trick Robbie's a guy who you are a musician yourself yes. you are a band leader or have been are uh-huh. will be uh-huh. but you're also a side man you're a producer yeah. you're an engineer you're uh-huh. a multi-instrumentalist you uh-huh. do all these different things yeah. so this first song we're going to play I want you to tell me just a little bit about it then we're going to roll into it this is a, this is a, a song called Cartoon Safe yeah. from the album Gallery this is Steve Barton in the Oblivion Click give me a real quick description of these guys uh, uh, I met Steve Barton uh, in the late 90s uh, he used to be in one of my favorite bands when I was in my 20s they were called Translator they had this hit called You're Everywhere That I'm Not and uh, it's like a flashback lunch favorite. Every once in a while, they do an yeah, 80s yeah. retrospective thing. You'll hear it. And uh, he was playing just by himself at one of these international pop overthrow festivals. And him and a guitar. And I walked up to him afterward and I said, why aren't you, why don't you have a band? And, and he went, well, well I, I, I don't have a band. And I went, do you want one? And he went, yeah, I'd like to have a band. So um, the person I was dating at the time, I grabbed her. And now Steve had a band and I've been playing with him ever since. Excellent. So this is the song. <laughs> Thank you. This is Cartoon Safe from Steve Barton and the Oblivion Click on which Robbie Wrist does some vo- backup vocals. You played drums. You recorded this. Yeah. And uh, this I was actually it. mixed by Ed Stasium, you said? Yeah, it's mixed by Ed Stasium. Yeah. Okay. Who, who, did, who did Road to Ruin, like one of the great he, rock and roll albums he, of all time. He's an amazing, he's an amazing technician. So yeah. let's roll it. Cartoon Safe on Independence Day.
old. I got this thing on my shoulder. Feels a lot like a globe. Well, I've been imitating Atlas. Sometimes I have less. Well, then I ever thought I'd ever have an hour. Cause you never really know where all the time goes. Oh, no. Oh, my. So I'm gonna call in sick today and just play in the rain with you instead. So look up over Welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. I am your host here on Lancer Radio tonight and every Wednesday from 7 until 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. This week's guest is Mr. Robbie Rist, the uh, maybe an inimitable or partially no, no, inimitable. No, can do impressions of me. Yeah. So I can, I'm very easily imitated. By the end of tonight, I might be able to do an impression That would be awesome. If, like by the end of the show, you're actually like, you know, I, working I, up I a meme. Some. We were discussing lots of things during the break that you, our listening audiences, are, are not privy to. One of these <laughs> things is that I do have the capability of being manic. I Robbie doesn't I, believe me. I don't. I don't. I just, I, you know, I can't see you, you know, cutting loose like that. You know you what seem more. Of, you seem more of an introverted, slow-burning oh kind of guy. Oh, my Lord. I am anything but introverted, my really? friend. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I would... I, I, Maybe you, compared to... Yeah, Yours well, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, you know, 98% pure id. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> it's all, it's all that part of the brain. It's like, fire some stuff off. I, I almost put force of nature in your bio when, <laughs> we, were, when we were doing this. And I, I, now I'm thinking I probably should yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so again, thank you very much for appearing in Independence Day. You know, it's, it's funny. Usually when people have me on these radio things, it's to talk about the TV stuff, which is great. And, you know, that's on the resume and I'm not complaining. But to actually be able to talk about music is it's, it's a big thrill for me. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're, we're very happy to have you here. This is I mean, that's what this show is all about. It's about people who make music, you know, how much the music business has changed in the past 15 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, in our in our career since you and I have been in music, I mean, it's it's changed. It's it's been upended. Oh, well, we've watched we've watched. Uh, you know, we were like we kind of had a front row seat for the end. Yeah, we watched it. We watched the whole thing crumble. We watched what happens when when hubris takes over, and and you know, th- everybody thinks that they can tell people what to buy, what they should right. have. Um, I, I have a, a friend who is a uh, manager of, uh, of this band, Fallout Boy. And, uh, and I was saying, man, isn't it kind of scary being a band manager at this stage of the game? And he goes, this is the best time ever because it really is all about you hitting your audience. There's nobody in between. There's no, you know, there's, there's no consultant yeah. saying, you know, I mean, th- that, that's still going on for dance records or you know right. the stuff you hear on top 40 and stuff like that but really at the at the at the rock level club level whatever at the indie level right. um it really is about you know if you can find your audience they're out there right the old model you know uh terrible model that it was is gone so mm-hmm. the new model if there is one 
you know, that, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's the heart of this show. It's like, wh- where, what is the new model? Is there mm-hmm. a new model yet? What will it be? What is it right now? You know, the, the old model was a terrible one. You know, you know the, the traditional build a following, mm-hmm. find an AR guy, get your right. music to that person. Uh, get the big label deal, which is essentially just a loan with really terrible terms. Sure. Well, the the, lo- the loan with terrible terms got worse as time got, right. went on. I mean, you know, in the in the seventies, it seemed like you know, uh, you know, free agency in sports didn't exist up until the seventies. Right. Uh, Gary Coleman asked for some ridiculous amount of money per episode on his TV show in the seventies. It seems like in the seventies, everybody just went. All right, the 60s didn't work out. Youth culture basically bit it, so let's just make the money, and that's what made the 80s. It's when they switched from marijuana to cocaine, I think, I, that really uh, made the switch. You know, and it went all the way through the 80s. If you listen to those records from the 80s, there's no low end. Yeah, Why? It's all knitting sweaters, you know? Yeah. Where, like, if you listen to any reggae record... Those guys are stoners. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's very. Mm. I felt that the best uh, the best job in the world in music would be to be a, it's a reggae bass player. Oh sure. Because you're playing melodically, you know, and and, and plus you get what's is it Aston Family Man Barrett? It's uh, it's Bob Marley's bass player. If as I think he has, I, I looked this up once. I think he has. I don't remember if it's forty three or forty seven children. Nice. He, this is this is a good job. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I would probably myself, if it were my job, I'd I'd probably keep it down below, say twenty eight, twenty to thirty. Yeah, something like that. Children. I mean, you'd think you'd run out of names. Yeah. After a while, I just go, oh, the hell of it, it's Dave. <laughs> or you could <laughs> Dave, go like get in here, I mean, nine people. George Foreman. Yeah, yeah. All, all his sons kids. are named George. <laughs> so, I think. I wonder if that kids. was cocaine or I marijuana. <laughs> No, that's just George being. Wh- just He's a, like the most whimsical boxer ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the, I, I think he he kind of reminds me of my grandfather. Like, you know, when I met him, you know, he was this paternal, you know, gentle old man. But I mean, I, I know for a fact that he was a hellraiser in his younger days, mm-hmm. and he used to run the cops around. And mm-hmm. you know, he had to leave the state of he was a moonshiner. He had to leave the oh, state of Alabama so, at one point. So, so great. You know, this is this is the lineage you of, are, of my you know, family. I, I'm. I'm I'm first generation American in my family. Interesting. Which yeah, part of me makes me go from Mars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We all flew in. You know, you know that whole uh, Area right. 51 thing. And, and, right. My parents. Yeah. So yeah. seriously, and also, and all seriously, so I'm, I'm, I'm first generation American, and from where? And sometimes they're from Germany. Okay. And and I think uh, sometimes like I'm. I'm basically an immigrant. Like, yeah. y- y- you are, I mean, just for the amount of, and to me, like, America's not even really a country because it's right. the first country in history sort of not based on an ethnicity. Right. So, and it's only been around for 200 years. Imagine what Italy was like after 200 years, yeah. you know? There's, there's been some, Italians there's for There's some long lovely time. filth over here, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and we're kind of there ourselves, yeah. culturally speaking. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I'm third generation on the that's, on, on my dad on my mom's side. My dad's side's been here longer. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, that's that's. I mean, that's the uh, that's as close to a uh, in upended commas yeah. real American as you get. Exactly. Here. And there there are people who have been here shorter who are claiming to be real American. Oh yeah, and sure. Pur- purporting to know what's best. Yeah, for that, all. and and I'm I'm over in the corner going, no, no, not yet, not yeah, yet. Yeah. Maybe you know, Settle I'll down, breed. You. I'll have some kids. All we'll, right. So let's uh, let's digress. Let's pull it back. To music just a okay. little bit. I, I, I love circuitous conversation. <laughs> I love getting off topic. It's going to be way off topic. I, I, but I love it. That's, okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. But okay. I, I do want to talk about music at least yes. at some point through, this, through the course of this show. Sure. So let's let's play another track here. This is, um, it's, it's, this is the song Apology. This is the yes. band The Andersons. Yes, this is a band that I would cross a continent to play with again. I yeah. think the, the three main guys... I mean, we had a... Actually, 
are, you know, four guys, really. They, now that I, I always think about our last drummer who was with us longer than anybody else, right. I always think of him as sort of like, oh, yeah, he was in the band for a long time. But really, the, the four of us had a real familial vibe and a real, I thought we were selling a really cool thing. And locally speaking, uh, everybody who saw us, we were, we were like their yeah. favorite band. And you were based out here, of course. We were based, like- yeah, based out of here. And, uh, uh, yeah, and then, you know, one guy moved back east, you know, he's from Michigan, so he moved back there, and then, then I, the one guy, the bass player, is in the Steve Barton band with me, but, you know, it's just, I miss the Andersons. Yeah, well, yeah. so are they still playing now? Uh, no, we haven't, uh, we haven't, I mean, we're talking about, you know, doing some recording over the right. internet or whatever. No, but, but I, mean, you know. I guess individually, though, I guess. Oh, I'm yeah, saying. no, Derek, Derek is the bass player in the Bangles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. And uh, and uh, uh, which is the singer? Which is the chick singer from the Bangles? Uh. Uh. uh her, Susanna Hoffs. Yes, I've met Susanna Hoffs. Yeah. 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 She. Yeah, she uh, uh. You know. Diminutive woman. Diminutive. Yes. And also, though, you know, I gotta say, for for somebody that cute, she actually has rock in her. Yeah. You know, and she's and she's a really great singer and you know, there's a lot of really cute females like out Cajones there. Like Cajones rock or Backbone rock. Yeah, 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 rock yeah. I mean, she's, you know, she she leans into it, you yeah. know. Um and uh, and there aren't like mostly most in upended commas cute girls in right. in rock specifically sort of rely on that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really kind of a good th- thing that she's managed to hang on to like this incredible she has an incredible amount of femininity. Uh-huh. But she also, you know, there might be you know, there might be kind of a you know an enlarged, you know, part of her anatomy that you know isn't quite male, but maybe it's a, you know not quite female anyway. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay. <laughs> now I will tie this. This actually ties in perfectly because I saw the Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet thing at Hotel Cafe, mm-hmm. and I actually have a copy. They've done I think two of those records yeah, yeah. now, and I love Matthew Sweet, and I've got nothing categorically against Susanna Hoffs, but I didn't mm-hmm. like that record very much. Um, I I've only heard maybe a song. It seemed, uh, you know, I'm I'm. I just don't know why they did it. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they. I don't. I don't know how many records they sold, if yeah. any, or what the story I, I, was. I but. think it as in my little power pop weirdo world, uh, there was much talk of it. I think a lot yeah. of people picked it up. Well, it made a big stir, and Hotel Cafe was packed for yeah. what it's worth. Mm-hmm. You know, for for a real weird one off album that mm-hmm. doesn't have a whole lot of label behind it sure. or weight behind it. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was largely to see her. Yeah. Don't take this the wrong way, but you know, mostly to see her, not him. I think most of the world, or <laughs> well, a very small, you know, indie group, are sort of like, oh, Matthew Sweet. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody would argue with you that that Susanna Hoffs is better looking than Matthew Sweet. <laughs> No, that, now we're insulting the poor guy. That's I love terrible. Matthew Sweet. He's a great too. guy. I've paid to see the guy numerous times. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a, I, I, I would count him among my influences. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. That, that, he's, to, to me, he's actually one album. He's the Freeze Girlfriend. And, yeah. then, and then it seems like it's largely kind of the same approach consistently on, on everything that subsequently came out. And there's good songs yeah. in that canon. Should, but I find uh, myself going, oh, well, that was like song four from Girlfriend. You should check out 100% Fun if you haven't checked it out. To me, <laughs> I think that uh, the other records you know, had more singles, uh-huh. but like top, front to back, that's the one that has the most I believe most, Chris Jackson, the, the guy I'm a nice guy Eddie with, I think he keeps telling me that too. It's a okay, fantastic record. Now it's two record. people, I'll listen to it. Two fun. people whose, whose opinions I hope, hopefully you respect. But yeah. let's tie this in, actually. This, this makes sense yes. because when I was listening, I was you gave me a copy of the music to review and play for the show mm-hmm. and you know I kind of picked out you know a little bit of what each one sounds like because you know you're 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 one of our different artists in that you're not coming in here just to play your music that you've written you know you've yeah. been a producer you right. do stuff out of your studio what's the name of your studio uh Valley Hollow 
Valley Hala? Yeah. H O L L A? H O L L A H. A H. Okay, yeah. so Valley Hala, and that is out. And tell me again how far out you are. Uh, in the valley. We're out in Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills. Okay, yeah. so I've not been to the facility, and it's, yeah. it's cool. You know, yeah. it's a good place to work. If you're a band yeah. and you're interested in doing some stuff, you yeah. know, you can, of course, I'll, I'll put you in touch. You can, there's yeah. email links. It's, on I mean, our it's, page. It's, a, it's, a, it's a small operation, but. Uh, I think, you know, getting back to that, you know, I said to you earlier, you know, I'm like the Millennium Falcon. I may not look like much, but, but I've got, got it where, where it counts. counts. And the, the same could be said for Valley Hollow. It's the same yeah. kind, you know. I mean, it's got a really nice, comfortable control room. we got a mm-hmm. nice recording room. But it's it's all, you know, it's on a smaller scale, you know. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like drive through was for Mitch Easter, you know. <laughs> This this is my tie-in. So this track to me is is somewhat reminiscent of what Matthew Sweet was doing. So maybe, I, I, maybe yeah. that's what you were going for. There yeah. were some background vocals. Well, yeah, that were I, kind I, of you like know, that. I was probably going through a big star phase too. It's got that sort of lopey yeah. mid-tempo. You know, it was definitely written on an acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the, it's amazing if you you know you get that sort of lopey thing going. You take out the acoustic guitar, right. put a jangly guitar in it, and then it does. And that. then a lot of background vocals. A lot of background vocals. A lot of. Singing. All right. So this is the track. This is from this is the track Apology from the record. Family Secrets, the Andersons. You were a member of this band? Yes, yeah. Okay, Robbie Rist, our guest on Independence Day. He was a guest, he was a member of this band at one point. So yeah. this is that track. And yeah, we'll this, be back was, with... this was recorded actually in my living room of my house. Excellent. We'll be back with uh, Robbie Rist after this track. Rock and roll. Launch. Attack. Oh, yeah. 
It's guerrilla radio, man. If it, yeah. was, if it was perfect, we'd be owned by a corporate conglomerate. That's right, and, and it would we'd suck. Be in, we'd be in Omaha, and we would suck. And we would, would be making be, a lot more money. It would be so money. boring. It would be so lame. Listen to listen to Jack FM. Listen to listen to anything that the man is forcing us to eat, and it's going to be bad for you. You know, people people eat what they're fed. Huh? Yeah. That's the oh, sad yeah. Truth. No, no. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> I used to have a friend. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this sentiment, but he went. Here's how dumb people are. Somebody was sold the fact that uh, Suzanne Summers was beautiful, therefore she was. <laughs> well, it's it, no. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the sentiment, but the idea behind it, I, or I agree with the sentiment, maybe not the statement. Well, it's similar to modern like corporate news narrative, where if they tell you whether it's the truth or not, if they tell it to you enough times, it becomes the truth, <sighs> oh, whether yeah. it was or it wasn't sure. to start with. Print the legend, print the legend, print exactly. the legend. Totally. You know that song, Apology. Um, uh, I wrote co-wrote that with a guy named Jensen Bell for a while there. We were in a band called the Bell Starlings, um, and I, uh, an incredible songwriter just by himself, let alone. Let alone with me, um, but he uh, talk about it. You know, sort of an indie nightmare scenario. Right. It's 1988. He's playing in a band called the Riding Rails, and uh, uh, they're, sort, they're sort of makeup. They're sort of a punk alt rock. You know, a country thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and uh, the bass player is Abby Travis, who went on to play with Beck and uh, and Elastica. She's a wildly talented person who you may want to have on your show. Um, uh, so the two of them, and it's basically Jensen's band, and uh, they get a little interest from Maverick, I think. Mm-hmm. And Maverick, uh, Maverick says, "Hey, we like your demo, but." Uh, we don't really hear you. So can you write a couple songs, record those, and you know, and this is before Pro Tools and all that right. kind of stuff. So every time this guy had to do new, new, do new demos, he had to go into a recording studio to do so. Um, Which back then was like <sighs> twenty grand a pop. Ultimately, um, Maverick passes and he files for bankruptcy. Um, you know, uh, he got so wrapped up. I think what happened is he got you know he he was just. He wanted it so badly, and he was like he felt like he was so close, and 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 they just they just strung him along, and uh, and then and then cut. It's amazing how um, entertainment eats its young, and it's old, <laughs> unless totally. you're the, unless you're the Stones, and then right. and then you. But you know, I, I I I go back and forth. I think they may have deserved the right to be dinosaurs at this point. Oh yeah, they were. You know, for me, artistically, they were valid up until like Miss You. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, then, I'll go. I'll go one record later. I'll go tattoo you. Tattoo you. Like, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was probably what tattoo you was maybe eighty three. Yeah, something like that. And then like the, for me, like it like it went belly up. Uh, Steel Wheels for me. Was, oh yeah, was yeah, no, just terrible. Undercover of the night, just dreadful. It sounded terrible. It seemed yeah, yeah. uninspired. It yeah. seemed like they were phoning it in. Like they were doing what the mm-hmm. Stones thought they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the middle eighties was a was a crisis time was a crisis time yeah. in music anyway it was one of those yeah. it was one of those times where you know a change had to happen and you know i think pop metal was there yeah. to to kind of go ah oh, here something a little a little a little new kind of old not kind of new weird. i love the story about how all the hair bands were out on the road you know in their buses mm-hmm. and then you know there's this particular story i don't even remember which band it was but their their manager they were out on the road and they heard Nevermind. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the manager literally, he just went to all the guys on the bus or in the dressing room and said, just pack it up. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. going home. Get, it's get over. All, and they're like, what, the- are you, what are you talking about? We've got 15,000 teenagers out there throwing their underwear on the stage. Sure. You know? And that's just the guys. And he's, and that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the guys. And, and he's like, <laughs> 
no, it's it's over. You don't understand. It's over. Yeah, and yeah. Like, what are you talking about? There's sure. posters of us on all of their bedroom walls. You know, I mean, uh, I there were good things in the '70s, but you know, and and I I can. We were talking about this during one of the breaks. That for me, a, a big problem with uh, things that break through. Uh, are, are are usually a question of presentation. I think there's a ton of great ideas usually, but it's the presentation that always lets me down. One could say that about disco. You know, those records are just, they're so impeccably made that they slide right past you until you kind of get into the fact that there actually is, like you can look at it now and go, there was real melodies going on. Those well, the, really great, well-crafted The funny songs. thing about that era, looking back now, for me as a musician, as an engineer, as a mm-hmm. producer, writer, guy, even though... You know, ostensibly, I agree with Steve Dahl. I'm from Chicago. Disco sucks. It's not mm-hmm. my thing. It's terrible. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it the fact remains, disco was played by actual musicians. Oh, totally. Playing actual instruments. Sure. Recording on tape. Yeah. You know, this was actual, you know, it was sucky music uh-huh. that was made by real people. Right. As opposed to now, you know, and here I go, grandpafying again. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going I'm to... You I'm need gonna, to make up t-shirts gonna, to say grandpafying, uh, first off. Grandpification <laughs> is what we call it in the House of Armstrong. So great. And now we have music that's not great being not made by people. Right. And quantized and auto-tuned. Sure. And it's, well, it's become... It's because of the technology. Every move forward... Cuts both ways. Right. And, you, know, punk you can rock, use its power for good, or you can use its power for evil. I seem to be on a Star Wars thing. You know, use the Force for good. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, I was a Han Solo guy. I liked his- I was too. I liked him way- All that Force mumbo jumbo. Mm-hmm. Although, although I, I gotta say, for me, you know, and I do this, when I watch movies, I, I, I somehow look for the character that could be me, you right. know? And, and for me, in Star Wars, I'm Chewbacca. Yeah, I'm um, totally I'm, because I Chewbacca's that. always the one going. You're kind of a shorter. I don't way shorter, you know, <laughs> uh, but somehow almost as furry, um, you know. But he's the one who always goes. You know, I don't want to go down the garbage chute because something smells bad down there. Yeah, and get, they go get, get down in there, there you he, big furry and, and, hoof. I don't what care what do? you smell. What does he do? He goes <sighs> fine, and he does right. it. You know what I mean? Well, that's, yeah, he's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, well, he's you know. <laughs> I don't like it when people use, uh, you know, like a dog as a negative connotation because my there isn't a better creature on the planet as far as I can tell sure. when it comes to loyalty oh, yeah. and undying, un, you know, just love, oh, yeah. you know, it's pure, unbelievable love. I mean, oh, I come yeah. home to my dog. I mean, oh, it's yeah. I'm it's Christmas every single sure. time I come home. Sure. So I'm, I, you know, you certainly have an aspect of that in your yeah. personality. <laughs> Let's you're, go chase you, a cat. You're spike. very loyal, and you tend to pee on things. <laughs> I do. I do. In, in appropriate times. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Um, but our our point was, well, we got we got is, off. It. Is there a point? Should I probably just play something? I think that would be a fine idea. This okay. is Robbie Rist. Let me just me do a little bit of a plug here. This is uh, my name is Joe Armstrong. You're listening to Independence Day on Lancer Radio. Mm-hmm. We are broadcasting live from the campus of Pasadena City College in beautiful Pasadena, California. You can find out. You can stream us live anywhere in the world or perhaps on the International Space Station, should you choose to do so, on lancerradio.org. We also have a website, joearmstrong.com slash ID. Those are the letters ID. And also, you can follow us on Twitter. Look how... Look how forward we are, Mr. Rist. You can follow us on Twitter. We are In-Depth Day, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y. That's uh, amazing. You're part of the information age. Something like that. So in, yeah. with that, let's I'm go sorry, back. I was trying to... I see, I'm woefully underprepared for this particular show because, see, I just got back... From, 
I just got back from Spain. Um, I, I actually just got back from Spain. I was producing a band. It sounds, it sounds so ridiculous. To Go me. with I just it. got back from it Spain. It sounds fantastic. Go okay, with it, I was man. producing a band in Spain, so I've been sort of going through takes and editing things together in the last week. And, uh, and you know, all of a sudden this morning I went, oh, my God, I'm going to be on the show. What do I do? You know, and so now I'm a little panicky. No worries, but I think man. we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. The, what I would like to do, let's, this, is where, this is where music begins, ideally, if, mm-hmm. it's, if, if it's good. You know, it's like sure, a, and sure. a guy and a guitar and his coffee table, coffee, uh-huh. cigarettes, and a beer, whatever. So lay, tell me what you're going to play and then uh, lay it uh, on me. It's one of two things. I'm either, let's see. Uh, uh, Put your best foot forward, Robbie Riz. Okay, yeah, um, uh, this is, uh, um, uh, eventually I want to do this with strings, but uh, this is how I wrote it. So uh, it's called Typical Girl. Uh, All right, Robbie Rist playing Typical Girl on Independence Uh Day. Face and hand so telling I believed you Ken and bar before the day words said them right in every way it looked for all the world like the elusive dream come true then you said no can do but I do still love you that makes perfect sense Typical girl Heaven blessed with greatness, nakedness The drama queen's about to cry Had to have it your way, why meet halfway? Just pop open another guy Good in you That it would be a crime Not to spread it around Let's make our happy sound While the plane is going down Cause you had to drive Typical girl Swears that hooking up in pairs. 
tumbling down the stairs Was it too unique for you? Typical girl Very nice, my friend. That's Thank Robbie you. Rist on Independence Day. Thank you very much again. Thank this, you for uh, uh, you're an artist that I like, an artist that I respect. Well, thank you. And I'm very, very honored to have you here tonight. Oh, it's a pleasure. Good heavens. So now, with a song like that, yeah. now, is this something that you can buy on a record? Is this something you can download I'm, from somewhere? I'm what's in what's the your what's your of, interface with commerce in I'm, the world now? I'm in the well. I have some stuff up on Reverb Nation. Okay. Um, under I, your name, under Robbie Rich. Yeah, and I think I have. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of songs up under that. That typical girl isn't up anywhere yet. Uh, I so did is a, it relatively new? I, I, well, it's old new. I've been playing it for a while, and I've been saying, oh, "I'm going to record that. I'm going to record that." Actually, I've been talking about doing a whatever word you want to use a solo record uh, for uh, for I don't know ten years now. Yeah, and uh, and you know I've, I've been working with other people, so I just haven't had a chance to really get to it. So. Um, I'm on this cartoon show now that's coming out next year called Doc McStuffins. It's a Disney Junior thing. You know, it's basically for little kids, but my my name is you know sort of going to be out there. So I'm putting together over the course of the year. I'm going to try to get a, a batch of new material done and out. Um, I'm looking for a producer. I need I need somebody to kick my butt because you know I kick people's butts all day. And when right. it comes to doing my own stuff, I'm like. <sighs> there must be a new Colbert on, you know. So, um, uh, so a new batch of new material. I'm also working on a batch of songs of artists that I've worked with. Right. So I'm doing my favorite song by people that I've either played in their band or I've recorded them or produced. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that. And plus I want to put together a, um, sort of a, kind of anthology things for the Andersons and Wonder Boy, which is the other uh, band that I was a lead singer of. So let me ask you this, mm-hmm. like how many, you know, ever since I've known you going back several years, you mm-hmm. know, getting, you know, getting close to a decade, I guess, yeah, maybe not huh. quite, yeah. but how many bands are you currently <laughs> playing with um, or, or, or like sort of playing with or like kind of in and out of, or like, like how many, how many, how many blips on your radar right now? Uh, right now, well, uh, the, the the Oblivion Click, the Steve Barton thing, um, we've been down for a while, but he's saying we're going to get, you know, fire. I mean... My life is set up in such a way, inadvertently, my life is set up in such a way that nothing is ever doing anything for any length of time. Right. So, um, so like, I'll be getting busy with something just in time for something else to not be so busy. So, right. you know, so I, 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 I keep saying I will do all of these things until one of them turns into a job. Right. So far, none of them have turned into jobs. Right. And you make, and now you make your living by hook or by crook in the entertainment business, whether yeah. it's through music or through voiceover work. Right. Acting, you know, like what, whatever. Yeah, yeah. acting. Like, you know, we, we'll touch a little bit on your acting, but mm-hmm. like what, um, you know, what percentage comes from what in, in February, you know, or it's well, March, it, you know, March know, of 2011. At, at March of 2011, it's pretty spread out. It's pretty even. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, because I mean, I'm, you know, I work with a few, you know, people recording wise and, you know, I have a voiceover job, which is kind of a, I guess for me, one would consider, you know, a regular job. Right. A straight job. Uh, yeah, straight, <laughs> a straight job. Um, uh, so, so there's that and there's that. And then, you know, I do, I, people who want to get into voiceover, I, I make their demos. Um, and I do a little teaching, you know. What I just, do you teach? Voiceover and, you know, I mean, you want to learn how to play an instrument if I know how to play it I guess I could show you you know um, at least get you started I'm, I'm terrible in the GCD lo- now go G- basically that's it you know just here three chords and to go tell the truth GCD in a joint yeah <laughs> 
Get out of here, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I do whatever I can. I mean, it's all entertainment, and, uh, you know, it's all, you know, I, I, I in the last few years, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing in my whatever you want to call it, my so-called career, that I hit big when I was a kid. I mean, I was I was really kicking kicking ass when I was a kid. For those of I mean, we'll, we'll touch upon this. You yeah. know, for those of you know our listening audience who don't know, Robbie, your biggest t- your biggest turn yeah. early on, you yeah. were on the Brady Bunch. Right, I did correct? the last six you, episodes of the Brady Bunch. You were yeah. the, I mean, how many seasons did they do? Oh, they did five. Five seasons, and I did the last six shows. Okay, and so. to this day, we're talking about it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, that's just it. You know, yeah. I, I mean, and, but. It's still it's a claim to fame. It's it's some kind of attachment um, to your name. It's a uh, no. I, I have no issue with it whatsoever. I mean, um, you've certainly turned out better than a lot of the child yeah. stars. That <laughs> I, I mean, I've, 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 I, in, I've managed to involve myself twice in things that somehow slipped into the cultural bloodstream. What was the other Brady one? Brady Bunch is one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies is another one. Like now, anybody who's under the age of thirty. Right. Um, um, you know, they're they're finding me on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. You know, this thing that they saw when they were ten and had this incredible attachment to. So were you it's still around? One of the four. Uh, yeah, I was voices? one of the voices. Yeah, I was okay. the voice of Michelangelo. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, that's another thing that like it, it's it's out there. It's in the culture. Do you still get paychecks from that kind of work? I get like fifty dollars. Um. Turtles was a buyout. Okay. Um, and uh, the and Brady Bunch was under the old SAG rules, which was after the fourth run, the actors didn't make any more money. Um, so uh, you know, Alan Alda being on Mash, like at those, you know, the, the rules changed like the year after Brady Bunch was over. Uh-huh. And so, like, there are people like Alan Alda who will never really have to work again because Mash, the TV show, is always on somewhere. And not only was he right. in every episode, he also wrote a bunch of, you know, I mean, whew, well, I mean, amazing. the thing, at least with Alan Alda, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. a cool human being. Yeah, totally. All the way around. I agree. I agree. But, uh, uh, but you know, so I, I don't really make, you know, I, I I, I get this. I get asked this a lot. You know. Do, you know. Do you have to? Do, do you not have to work? Right. And I'm like, no. I have to work all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm always chasing after something. Somebody told me once. Uh, look at everything you do as a as a spigot. You know, like the water comes out of. And so, let's say you have a spigot that's your music spigot. Well, jam that into the wall and open it up. Well, what else do you got? Well, uh, I can do. Uh, this isn't me, but let's say you know I can do some carpentry. Okay, bam, throw that spigot open. Right. Some now, if you get you know five or six, seven of these things, um, one might be a trickle of money. Another one might be doing really well, and one of them will always be kind of feeding you. And I think as an artist, I think that's a way to look at it. You give know? me a give me a rough percentage. Like in your what are your spigot percentages right now in My terms of keeping your, keeping yourself fed and clothed and in, uh, in, in, a, in, uh, in whiskey. At this point I'm chasing rent every month. Yeah. No, um, no, I understand. I mean, which a lot of people are. I'm you know I'm not I'm not but uh, you know uh, 1999 there was a, a voiceover strike and so and the business never really recovered from it. You know, it's still not, in the internet. Like a lot of other things, has kind of I don't want to say killed it, but it's changed it so drastically. You've got like technology, double edged sword. It does it again. We've yeah. got all the other things where people, you know, just like us making records at home. Now you can do all that voiceover stuff at right. home, sure. and it does two things: it it increases the talent pool at the same time that it allows other people who never would have done this kind of thing to do it. Sure. So people who never would have, people who are fantastic mm-hmm. can now, you know, the next Tony the Tiger voice right. can be out there, you know, in Nebraska with his decent mic in his inbox right. making voiceover and sure. getting it on voice one two three or one of the other com- competing websites and right. getting work but at the same time you've got for every tony the tiger guy you've got ten thousand 
other people who have no business really doing it. Well, I mean, that's happened with music completely. Right. Um, w- one of the things I was saying about my friend Jensen Bell when he was making those demos and stuff, one of the things about recording was it used to be very cost prohibitive. Uh, you know, right. and, and, you know, you had to go to a place and, you know, it was a, it was a big hazerai. It was a to-do, you know? Yeah, and a Neumann, I mean, a decent Neumann is still three grand, but that's why the big studios only have Neumanns. Right, right. So, uh, but they, uh, um, by... Going by having it be so cost prohibitive, it kept a lot of people who kind of sucked out of the game. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? It was sort of like, well, you know, here's even if even if you don't even if you don't suck, I, I think now you don't have to have any stick with itiveness really. Right. You can just do it whenever. Where you know Dwight Twilly made an entire record because no one would give him any money. You right. know, he made an entire record back in the day when it was two two inch tape, going from studio to studio from like you know midnight to five o'clock in the morning, and you know got a complete record done that way. And uh, you know because he had to. It was amazing that Towns Van Zant had any career at all because he never you know he had I think every album's on a different label or at right. least it seems that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because back then, like I said, it was cost prohibitive. And, you know, but he's got several albums out and we mm-hmm. didn't, you know, but not, it's, it's kind of like John Prine's early records mm-hmm. up until Howie Epstein kind of bankrolled him in the late, in the, like in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. John Prine always made these records, but you could just kind of tell he never had the bankroll behind him to make the album that he was worthy of. Sure. Until someone kind of became his sponsor. Howie Epstein was the bass player, mm-hmm. the now deceased, unfortunately deceased yes. bass player from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, right. was always a Prine fan. And one time, I don't know where he bumped into Prine and uh, gave him a pile of money and said, hey, we're going to make the album that you should finally make and got Bonnie Raitt to sing on it and Tom right. Petty to sing on it and Bruce Springsteen to sing on it and Ben Montage to play on it and all these heavy cats were on it. And then he got, you know, then he kind of got, right. he got his windfall from that. Yeah, well, I mean, basically they did that with uh, Roy Orbison as well. Right. Roy, you know, well, I mean, Roy sold a lot more records than Tom did. Back no, that's in very, it, true. Or than, that's very uh, true. Not Tom, than uh, John Prine the, did yeah. early in his career. But he, Do you know the Loudon Wainwright song, uh, uh, what is it? It's about Bob Dylan. Oh, it's called New Bob Dylan's. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's about how when Dylan got in his motorcycle wreck, uh, the labels, you know, because he, he had a broken neck, he, he wasn't going to be performing for a couple of years. Right. So the labels went, oh, my God, we need a new Dylan. So they signed John Prine, Steve Forbert, Springsteen, and Loudon Wainwright. Right. You know, all, all in a row. It's like having Michael Jordan go down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You totally. Gotta, yeah. Okay. Well, we need a Pippin. Right. Right. We need. Right. Uh, when, when John Gielgud died, every right. actor on the planet moved up a rung. Yeah. You know, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah. The, the the analogy I use for the music business and now the voiceover business and everything else in the arts is that uh, the NBA is the best thing I can think of. You know, how many how many teams in the NBA? Maybe thirty or so. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, twenty five. I mm-hmm. don't know. Each each team, you know, has five active players on the floor at any given time, plus mm-hmm. another seven or eight on the bench, maybe. So now. Before, that's the way the NBA was. You know, we had 500 guys playing mm-hmm. at a professional level who are capable of playing at a professional level at mm-hmm. any given time. Then you've got the retired ones and then the young guys below that. What the internet, what technology has done, again, it's not all bad or all good. It's just different, has made it as if the NBA now has 25 million teams and sure. every team has 25 million players on it. Right. So now you've got people playing in the NBA who could never have had, the, never would have even tried to play because the, the bar was too high. Mm-hmm. So now we've got great players. Mm-hmm. You know, Spud Webb comes out or whatever, and he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But for every Spud Webb, there are a lot of other people who are watering it down for mm-hmm. other people who maybe should be heard. At least mm-hmm. that's the way I've. I've yeah, you know, I, I agree with that completely. You have to. 
Yeah, you have to wade through. Everybody thinks they're 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 a genius now, right. and I think part of the problem is we've gone from being a mentor culture culture to a peer culture culture, and in peer culture, everyone is equal. So uh, the kid who makes records on GarageBand has the same artistic credibility as Keith Richards, right? And 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 can and among his friends can say, yeah, that guy's all right. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's had a big effect, I think, on the sound of even professional records sure. because so many people are making things at home, and once those start filtering into the, like the, the 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 culture, the zeitgeist of the, mm-hmm. the sound of the way records sound that are popular, mm-hmm. people start emulating that on the top end and sure. making their records intentionally sound like they were recorded on GarageBand. Right. Oh, yeah, and and you know, I mean, MP3s, uh, Kiss. I mean, Fidelity. Pfft, nobody even cares. There, I yeah. mean, there used to be guys who like spent thousands of dollars you, on turntables. Do you, you remember know? Neil Young's whole when CDs first came out? He he really hated CDs because mm-hmm. he hated the sound of CDs. Oh, they, they were because they sucked. I mean, now I, I wonder. <laughs> you know, now he must. Uh, I, I well, can't imagine. Yeah, I guess he's given up. There's probably, yeah. I mean, eventually you have to. You have to, you know, join up with the marketplace. But he probably feels a certain amount of vindication as well in being my favorite thing, right? I'd be willing to bet that Neil Young's got some vinyl in his house. <laughs> and <laughs> with that, let's, he probably he probably cuts his own. He probably does. <laughs> he, you know, you know the more barn story. Uh-uh. Uh uh. He he was recording. He has this this huge property up yeah, in yeah. The south. You know, it's like near yeah. near Redwood City. I sure, think. sure. And he's got a huge he's got like a big stage out in the middle. He, of the he field. bought he bought it for nothing in the early seventies when mm-hmm. that property was using you know, before right. Apple before sure. all that went mm-hmm. in. And he bought this huge property and this ranch. I have friends who've actually been there, but I think it was, was it Elliot Roberts. Maybe was his manager, and maybe he showed up. On the property, and he was. This was, I don't know, maybe late seventies, early eighties, and he was mixing something. And he had set up giant PA speakers, like one by his house and one by his barn. And then when Roberts showed up on the property, I think it was Roberts. They got into a rowboat and rowed out into the middle of this pond. And he's out there, and he's like, "Well, what are we doing in this pond, Neil?" And he's like, "All right." He gets, you know, Neil gets on his megaphone and you know calls, you know, calls up to the house. He's like, "Okay, press play." And then up comes the track, and, and they're in the middle listening to this mix. It's like a stereo near-field mix, except they're 300 feet from each speaker in the middle of this pond on a rowboat. And at one point, you know, Neil waves the engineer down. He's like, okay, stop. And he gets on the megaphone, and he goes, more barn. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing about that, of course, is there's an engineer somewhere yeah. on the property that day that went, more barn, got yeah, it. More barn, got it. Because people who have musical discussions, you know, at rehearsal, invariably you find yourself going, no, it's the part that goes, uh, uh, uh. you know, you're yeah. like, you're using these just guttural noises to yeah. try to get your point across. Clicks and grunts. Yeah, and you just you just sound like a complete lunatic. Anyone who doesn't know anything about that, you know, the, the creative process of, right. of putting a song together would just think, my God, is this how you do it? These people, people are, are idiots. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, let's show off a little bit of your your songwriting insanity. Would, would you would you be uh, interested in playing another song? I would love to have you play something oh, else. Oh, uh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. Um, I've been writing uh, uh, I've been writing songs with uh with my girlfriend since we were in high school, and so like half. But she hasn't been your girlfriend since high school. Uh, well, she was. Uh, we she was for a while, and then she wasn't for a while, and now she is again. So, um, but we but even through all of that, we kept writing, and, and you know, I mean, about two thirds of the Wonder Boy material was all written by Jenny, and and. Uh, Wait, so she's Jenny Rosen, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess for those of you who don't know, um, but uh, yeah, so we've been Which writing is everyone songs. except for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we've been writing songs forever, so this is, uh, this is one of them. Uh, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. Uh, not one for pulling punches. No need to compensate. I walk it like I talk it. Load me up, I'm shooting straight. Welcome to the party Make yourself at home I'm the same way both back and forwards Call me palindrome What you see is what you get What you see is what you get What you see is what you get Did I disappoint you? Did I let you down? Did you read between the lines? For something more profound Analyze me all you want to Just stop doing it out loud R-E-A-D my lips And for God's sake shut your mouth What you see is what you get What you see is what you get I'm always meaning what I'm saying Always saying what I mean You use that one up in record time We could have had ourselves a little thing Oh, but you don't mean what you're saying And you don't say what you mean I think you'd better leave now I'm getting too frustrated How can you make a straight line Into something so complicated What I say is what I mean Why is that so hard to understand? That when I take off my coat and glasses I'm still Clark Kent and not Superman What you see is what you get I'm always meaning what I'm saying Always saying what I mean What you see is what you get What you see is what you get What you see is what you get Uh. Robbie Rist on Independence Day. I'm your host, Joe Armstrong. Tonight, Wednesday night, 7 to 8, and every Wednesday night, 7 to 8, here on Lancer Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at InDepthDay. You can find us also, excuse me, elsewhere on the internet at joearmstrong.com slash ID. And we do have a Facebook page, but they're not easily... uh, Red. There's a bunch of numbers and gibberish that you can't really just say. I think you can at some point, though, change it to Ugh. Independence Day. I haven't figured it out. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're the only Independence Day out there. Yeah. So, but and that's cool. You know, we can share. And we're old. You know. You know Speak what? Leave yourself, it. Let the man. people. Let the people just find the numbers. Let the kids. It's called Independence right. Day. How hard could it be? There's there's links to it on yeah. the website, and I think you can find it on Twitter too. Right. No big deal. So again, um, thank you very much. Thank for, you for well, having we, me. This has been a ball. Well, we're not done. Well, we're not done. I'm just thanking you for 
for playing the song. Oh, oh. I mean, okay. if you'd like to leave, I suppose we can find something else to do <laughs> for the next few here. minutes. I will be in my trailer. You know, I, I can't work in these conditions. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in my trailer. I only want to work with professionals. Indeed. And you don't understand me. Where's your sender? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So but no, thank you for having me. This is a ball. I, you know, I mean, this is music is my, you know, music is mine. You know, uh, uh, like acting and all of that, you know, if you think about it as an actor, your job is to stand where someone tells you to stand, say somebody else's words, you know, somebody right. else moves you around. And you have to be behest of both directors and producers and Writer, other actors, what, uh, yeah, other writers. Actors, yeah, it's, it's a big pain in the, it's you a, know. It's a, it's a dog and pony <laughs> show. I, I enjoy it. I, you know, I, I like that work as well. It's just another, it's another thing. But music is mine. Music is, it's personal, it, you know, it's, I mean, it's like, I guess it's like being a novelist, you know what I mean? It's largely a solitary activity, and you, you know, you sort of sit in your room, sometimes with a bottle of scotch, sometimes not, (laughs) (laughs) and you, uh, you know, you hammer these things out. I think music is one of the only instances of the possibility that magic exists, because it comes from nothing. You know, I mean, and it's a, it's a, it's a living art form. One of my yeah. favorite things about music is that you write a song, okay, and you record a song, okay, then that song itself goes out into the world as commerce. But that's how you wrote that song and played that song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the writing of the song stays essentially the same. But like when if you're a painter, you paint a painting, unless you're some you know uh, Jackson Pollock crazy, right, right. you know, unless Splatter you're someone thing. who does a living art, you know, performance art, Laurie Anderson sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, when you paint a painting. There's a point where you put down the brush. You are now finished. They hang it in a museum, or if you know, I guess theaters like that yeah, too. Yeah, no, no one repaints it and sees how they can do a version of it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can buy a print of it, whatever. But it's done, and then you go on to your next thing. Maybe it's haystacks. Maybe it's right. Maplethorpe and bullwhips and right. whatever it is. You know, sure. Photography the same way. You're capturing a moment in time. But once you're done, it's done. You can mash it up and reincorporate it. Mm-hmm. But that that art is what it is. Music and to an extent theater, mm-hmm. even the um, it's, let's it's, say, let's say live performance, live performance. Yeah. You know my my. Well, I mean, there was a time when people. I'm sorry to jump on jump all over you there, but um, there was a time when if you wanted to go see music, you had to go see it. Right. You didn't have it in your house, and so it was this living thing. It was what was caught in the moment. It, it is John Cage's four thirty three. Right. It it you know it, it it's. It, uh, I, I say all the time, I would rather go see a night of bad bands than good TV. Yeah. Because even the the crappiest band on the face of the planet, something is going to happen that you've never seen before. And and it may not be the the greatest night of your life. And someone's laying it out there. If you're going to see a band, it's not like a TV show where there are hundreds of people all on payroll making the people who you see on your little growing screen look good. Mm-hmm. If you're going to see a band in some little club, I mean, across America, across the world for that matter, those people, those guys and girls are laying it out there. Mm-hmm. This is their song, and this is their perception of what they believe to be their art, and this is their visceral thing, mm-hmm. and this is their jazz, this is their this is their heart. Sure. Yeah, um, whenever I've been, you know, because, you know, with the amount of bands that I do play with, um, I see a lot of, I see a lot of other bands, you know, because I'm... Me too. Yeah, I'm always at a you know bar somewhere, seeing somebody play, and and you know th- there will be somebody next to me, you know, a friend or whatever, maybe like, for instance, you know, these guys are terrible, and I go, yeah, they are, yeah. but if you just grow a pair and get on a stage and start doing something, if you get on a stage and start doing something, 
immediately you have a little bit more respect from me. Yeah. You know, and, and um, just because from what I understand, the one thing most everyone on the planet is afraid of is getting up in front of other people and doing something. You know, could it be public speaking or, I mean, I, I think performers, specifically live performers, but I, 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 uh, I think performers um, act stupid so normal people don't have to. Um, how many people went to go see Kiss in their lifetime and went, that's insane, it's a, it's that's a vi- crazy, I'd never do it. It's a vicarious thing. It's the same reason people, I think, love to see stars self-destruct because they themselves can't self-destruct well, and yeah, have a it, cocaine it's, bin. It's, it's, well, it's like they watch sports. I mean, it's a catharsis of, of some kind, I'm sure. You know, I mean, why, do, why are sports so popular? You, know, it's, it's the, you see these people do incredible things that you know you can't. Right. You know, and uh, whether it's good or bad, whether it's good or bad, whether it's good or bad. And, you know, I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, this, the Sopranos is probably such a successful television show because. Well, he is the he is. You described yourself as the unchecked id. Tony Soprano, I think, mm. for, might be, you mm-hmm. know, the most widely known character, you know, multi-layered, though, you know, yeah. an, an imperfect hero villain. Right. Well, he is unchecked. Id. He is basically all of us, except for the fact that he's in this really weird job. Well, he's in a job where he can act out these things, right. impulses right. that he Right, well, and, and we can't. We Correct. can't. You know, I'm, um, I have uh, friends who live in New York, and, and, you know, they're still, you know, they're still bent-nosed guys, you know, running around New York City. And they, you know, they do stuff like, you know, they drive down the wrong way down one-way streets because they don't care. You know what I mean? There's something about that Jesse James, you know, our, our, a lot of American folklore is about, about, villains and anti-heroes well yeah well second perhaps only to australia we are a nation made up of people who had the cojones to, to bail out right except for the puritans which is funny because they left because it was too con it was too liberal where they right were. right yeah 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 you know so yeah, got- england went really you're kind of spoiling the party yeah. here's a boat yeah what you, you tell me you, you tell me you want to you want to go yeah <laughs> yeah you guys let me, please let, here let, let me help you carry yeah. that <laughs> here's here's a crew yeah yeah. Don't eat them. Man, that wool looks terribly uncomfortable. But enjoy. Yeah, have a, have a good time in the new world with yeah. all the with all the criminals. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are, this culture, you uh, know, yeah. a couple oh, yeah. centuries later, mm-hmm. uh, with the mix of both of them, and still to this day dealing with well, the repercussions Well, I mean, if you think about even, even a movie as, as recent as Die Hard uses all these cowboy references. Yeah. You know what I, you know, it's like it's still, yeah. it's, it's, it is for, you know, We've, it's woven I, into the DNA of the American it must, of American It must archetypes. be, or we fooled ourselves into thinking that it's woven into it. I think it's there. Yeah. I think um, it's there. I mean, yeah. I, you know, to quote H.I. McDonough from Raising Arizona, I mean, I come from a long line of outdoorsmen and, and frontiersmen and outdoor types. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have relatives in Alabama. I mean, these uh-huh. are these are people who very much believe in this individual. You know, uh, if if it were political, you could call it libertarian. Sure. Uh, belief system where you know, don't tread on me. This is my yard. Mm-hmm. You know, my my father likes to be able to, you know, uh, pee and shoot off of his front porch, right. and not have to be concerned about who might be on the receiving end of either. Right. <laughs> That's a great way of. Like wording. I said, I am descendant That's of a, moonshiners. But yeah, moonshiners, which means Scots. 
Correct. Uh, and uh, yeah, I saw this. There was a really great documentary that hosted by Billy Ray Cyrus, of all people, about, oh about hillbillies. But the Scots come to America and they just keep heading for the frontier. Immediately upon landing, they're like, you know, we don't want to hang out with the people. We want to kind of keep to ourselves. And they found themselves in the Appalachian Mountains because that was as far out as America went at that point. And they right. just wanted to be on the... They wanted to be on the edge and all of that. They, they like having yeah. space around. Yeah, totally. So I, what I think I'd like to do now, this I'm going to call just a wee bit of an audible. I'm going to call on our engineers. This is Will and, and Valentino running the show here. Uh, uh, hey, Will, how are you? And we're gonna Valentino? we're gonna play some. Uh, we're not gonna. I don't want to play these whole songs, but I do want to touch upon these because one thing that you bring into the show that's so valuable is the experience of someone as a producer. Mm-hmm. You no, know, you, you you work on uh, bands in your studio. Uh-huh. You may play on them. Maybe you just produce them. Maybe right. they come into you. You know, with us come to you yeah, just yeah, with yeah. a whole song. Uh-huh. But I want to touch upon a little bit of each of these songs. We do this kind of a little bit every week. You sure. know, sometimes it's demos, but in this, you know, I want to kind of show a little bit of the breadth of what you're able to do. What's sure. the name, sir? What's the name of your studio again? Uh, Valley Holla. Valley Holla out there. Yeah. So uh, this is this is track. Uh, this is a song called You Can Call Me. This is a band called The Mockers. Yeah. Tell me real quick about your involvement with uh, them. I met them at the Philadelphia Music Conference in 1996, uh, uh, Just and we were just friends, and they'd lost a guitar player, and they had me do a, a tour with them, and, uh, well, they had a couple of tours with them. One of them was to go to Spain, and uh, and since then we've been back there a whole bunch of times. We're, um, we're working on a new record. This record, uh, this comes off of uh, The Lonesome Death of Electric Campfire, and uh, um, it's been released in uh, Spain here and Japan. Okay. Um, what year would this be? Oh, God, it's Ballpark. Five, five years ago. Oh, it's not, so like it's that. fairly recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, why don't we play a little bit of this? And we may end up talking over a little bit of this so we can just kind of keep yeah, talking. Yeah, sure. But I want to touch upon it. And who's, that, who's there's singing? That, there's that Neil Young thing. Yeah. Um, uh, it's uh, uh, that's Seth Gordon. There's okay. actually two lead singers. They interesting story about them. They met as kids in Spain. One guy's parents had an English-speaking school, and the other guy's parents were uh, expats. They just said, "We got to get out." And uh, so they uh, that, that that's that's where they met. And they've uh, and then when they came back to America, uh, they said, "Hey, let's form a band." And they've been together as a band since they were eight. And they where are they based? Uh, one's in Virginia. One's in New York. Let's, let's, let's listen a little bit more. Yeah. One thing that really occurred to me listening to this track is like like I said before, I was trying to pick out like because you're so diverse in the sounds of the things and your musical width and breadth of your knowledge has always impressed me oh, greatly. Mm-hmm. And in this, like I get Camper Van Beethoven out of this. Oh, totally. If, totally. You, if you threw a violin on this, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, you I'm know, a big fan. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, uh, a Cracker is to Camper Van Beethoven as Semisonic is to Trip Shakespeare. Yeah, you e- know, sort of exactly. like Camper Van Beethoven to me was so good. No wonder nobody got it. You know, Cracker was sort of like, a lot of things happened in the 90s that reeked to me of like, well, you dunderheads bought this before, you'll buy this again. Right. Uh, I, 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 got a, I got that a lot from from Sugar. I got that from right. Cracker. All the bands that, like Husker Du were this, I don't know, you can't even categorize it. It's, you know, hard punk, melodic, right. you know, dark, light, weirdness. And, uh, and then he does Sugar, which is like, it's good. You know what I mean? It's like, I think to, to really sell lots and lots and lots of records, you have to be good. You can't really be like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Well, it's the same reason. Nobody's that, like, listening to Thriller right now. It's the it's it's the same reason that I think, you know, an artist, I, I'm, I'm a big Mark Knopfler fan, uh-huh. but he has terrible singles. 
Yeah. The songs that are big that everybody knows, I mean, you know, are maybe well written, yeah. but they're by, you know, they're not even close to yeah. the uh, Roll Away is pretty awesome piece of material. Uh right? Roll Away Girl, is that what's called? Roller Girl the Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty great song. Um his actually and, and his forays into just American music, you know what I yeah. mean? Just sort of his more alt country ish. Well, exactly. He's he's got this depth to him. Yeah. And you know, and like you too, he's kind of obsessed with American music forms and mm-hmm. you know, a tiny little bit of jazz. He can play out. He's an extremely facile guitar player. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. what he makes And a great the, strat guy. Yeah. Uh, that's what, a that's a whole thing. But that's yeah. but that's not even his only tone. Uh-huh. He's got like the thick Pensa Sir Paul kind of tone and mm-hmm. then his like thin strat tone, and then he's got his like walk of life kind of right. chicken picking Chad Atkins kind of thing. I mean mm-hmm. He's, you, you always know it's him, yeah. but he's, he's fantastic. So in any case, uh, he's a guy I really, really respect who he does so many different things, mm-hmm. um, and you, you know it's him when he's playing. Yeah. And, but also, what a great career to have that, you know, maybe, I mean, you know, Money for Nothing probably just kind of set him up for everything that was to follow in his career, you know, I mean, yeah. like, wouldn't it be great to not have to worry about money? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and they sold a lot of and the, yeah, they Yeah, they sold a lot of those records. So, you know, it's sort of, you know, uh, Nick Lowe, you know, because of uh, what's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding, right. Curtis Stigers did a version of it for the Bodyguard soundtrack. And from it, Nick Lowe went out to for, to his mailbox and there was an, right. uh, like a BMI check for a million dollars. And that pretty much, I think, set up this new phase that he's in of, you know, his more mellow self. Following his, his muse. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what? I don't want to rock anymore. I'm going to, you know. Yeah. Speaking of Nick Lowe, this is another track that you worked on. This is going to be uh, this is going to be me track four. Will on the CD there. Mm-hmm. This is a track called "Love So Fine," which yeah. is a, it's a Nick Lowe song, correct? Yeah, yeah it's a cover. There was a, a there's an artist in town, a real another really indie awesome uh, alt country guy, Walter Clevenger. Do you know Walter? I know of Walter. Okay, yes. Walter's. Stupid talented and a great producer and engineer, and he's a really sweet dude. And uh, and he made this Nick Lowe tribute record because for his whole career, his people have said, "Man, you just sound like Nick Lowe." So we went, "Fine, I'll do a tribute record." And uh, and he had me on there, so uh, I'm I'm in this band, Nice Guy Eddie, and uh, and so Chris, uh, the other singer, and I, uh, we uh, we thought we tackled the song, kind of, you know, glammed it up a little bit. Um, it has one of my, uh, it, it, it to me, it is one of the most innocently dirty songs I've ever heard. Okay, why don't we play a little bit of it, and we'll both talk over this one, too. Just yeah. play a little bit of it. This is the track Love So Fine from the low profile, of course, L-O-W-E. Yeah, I, They're very clever. Yeah, they are. Over there at the Nick Lowe, the, yeah. the, 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 the tribute <laughs> album, Campbell yeah. Records. Uh, a tribute to Nick Lowe. So this is Robbie Rist uh, playing with Chris Jackson, correct? Yeah, yeah. What do you play on this track? Uh, drums, guitar, bass. Uh, Chris playing some, some guitar vocals. and some piano. Oh, I'm the singer too, yeah. Let's give it a listen for a little bit. This is uh, Love So Fine. And I am I, especially fond of the uh, the use of hand claps in a, in a prominent role on that. Oh track. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a big glam nut. I'm a, like, to me, like you know, I don't know. To me, rock's golden age is a lot of the stuff that everybody hates. So, yeah. like, you know, if it happened between '69 and say '76, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of garbage in there. But the, like the whole glam thing that happened in England. I mean, Slade and Sweet and Mud and all of these sort of you know Gary Glitter, all anything that goes makes me happy. Yeah, it's just such a joyous kind of kind of. It's you know I mean. I have a, maybe a weird idea of what sexy is, but it's a sexy groove to me. 
It's yeah. sort of, co- how about this? It's coyly sexy. Yeah? It's sexy in a very coy kind of it's way. It's sexy in a tight, a dude in tight pants kind of yeah, way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, you know, whereas, whereas Led Zeppelin, you know, to me. Okay, so here's a question. <laughs> Uh, you know, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Gorilla Radio. Yeah, uh, I love Led, it. So, so, okay, so that was the same period that you described, you know, 69 through 76. Sure, sure. That was Led Zeppelin's heyday. Uh, and, are, well, are, you, are you thumbs up or thumbs down no, on Led I'm, Zeppelin? No, I'm, I'm very pro Led Zeppelin, although I wouldn't put myself in the in the necessarily the fan category. Uh-huh. I don't. I didn't voraciously eat their records. Um, I, I, I discovered as I, got, uh, as I got older that I am a country guy more than a blues guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I believe they're basically the same music, but it's a question of minor scale, major scale. And I always lean toward that major scale. I just I can't help it. Uh, bluesy yeah. songs, you know that sort that minor third, the minor third over a major chord. Yeah, change. that minor third. Like it's I mean there are songs that I love that have that, but largely I'm just I'm not really a bluesy guy. I'm 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 way more. I think country tackles all the same themes in a much happier way. Yeah, I've I've counted all the songs I think that I've ever written. Uh, you know, and I think I I might have two in a minor key out of all of them. Now you know yeah. some of them bounce back and forth between keys. And I, I come from the Jayhawk school where I have yeah. a lot of minor chords in my changes, but sure. they're diatonic minor chords. We're we're getting into tech talk with yeah, music I know. theater here. By the but, way, have you ever heard Fountains of Wayne Hotline? I have heard. I actually the it's ban- pretty I, hilarious. It's Robbie Folks. Yeah, yeah, it's Robbie Folks doing basically a, a seminar on how to write songs, but he does it in the context of writing a song that sounds like a Fountains of Wayne song. Yeah. It's really, really great. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt nope, you, but that's, right. that's totally what we're doing. You know, yeah. we have the diatonic over the thing and the, and the right. you know, yeah. Well, Asymmetrical I mean, we have, back end. We have some educated listeners as well as the lay person. Okay, you know, okay. And also for the lay people, it's it's all number relationships. It is. That's what music primarily is. It's math. They told me music was math. I didn't believe it. I didn't either. True. I didn't either. <laughs> the same deal it's I was true. like no it's not get out of town yeah, it's Roman that, numerals yeah Let's... and now I'm like oh yeah it kind of is oh. yeah, I guess it is a little too but that's two eyes yeah. damn but, it dad but see, was the, right again but that's how I can maybe I can relate to music theory because they're actually letters posing as numbers sure so sure. I, I can you know I can wrap my head around that right right, you know, the, right. the nuns who taught me math couldn't get that far <laughs> and ruin it ruin that for me so let's play uh, let's play one more just a little bit the same thing as before this is track five off the CD this is Bergerac Bergerac yeah this is a band called Back Pocket Memory they're from uh, Burbank bunch of young guys are in their middle twenties uh-huh. um, they're uh, I, I, this is probably. Uh, you know, this is going to be the one that, you know, that breaks. You know what I mean? Is this new, new? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, from from like, you know, six months ago, I guess. Okay. And uh, and yeah, they're they're definitely modern sounding. Yeah. You know. Of all the stuff that you sent me that you worked on, to me, you know, the ones that kind of bookended it in terms of stuff, you know, the the cartoon safe, the first track we played, sounds modern, but not what I'm going to refer to with this Bergerac song to me is K-Rock modern. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like, it sounds like those... It, like it's it's heading in the direction yeah. of those bands. This song the song would sound fine on yeah. K Rock, and let's give yeah. this a little. And they have a they, they have actually one of the I don't know if, if you you know listen to that sort of thing, but these guys have one of the best drummers I've ever seen. The guy's like unbelievable. What's his name? Uh, Jason Montgomery. Jason Montgomery and yeah. playing drums on the band. Uh, the band is called Back Pocket Memory. They're out of Burbank. This yeah. is a little track. Out. We're gonna we'll probably talk over this too. Play a little bit of this for me, will. There we go. Oh, I, I see what it is. Yeah, it's good. I can I, I picture F-16s flying <laughs> over a stadium. 
Oh, I, yeah. No, I definitely see a whole stadium of people bouncing up and yeah, down. I picture a light beer commercial. Oh, yeah. Which is good. There's a lot of money in light beer commercials these days. You know, I, I actually have... I mean, you know, whether they become anything or not, I think they're doing a really great job of of sounding like themselves while trying to get in the door with what a lot of other people are doing. Did they come to you or did you find them somewhere? Um, I, A friend of mine that I... Uh, I produced a horror movie a few years ago, and then one of the guys who helped me make that, his son was friends with Back Pocket Memory, and we, you uh-huh. know, we met and we started talking, and they wanted to do some recording. And their last, re- oh, actually, even before that, I, I recorded them when they were another band. Uh-huh. It's been, uh, yeah, I've God, I've known these guys for a long time now. <laughs> and then this it. was done at your facility. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's rock um, it a little bit. Let's give it a listen here. And that is back pocket memory. Yeah, from you were done in your facility out there in the valley. Yeah, Valley Hollow. All right, where, Valley the, Hollow. Go- where the gods come to play. <laughs> is that what's on your T-shirts? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so there's That's one more thing I, I want to talk to you a little bit about before we wrap it up this yeah. uh, this evening. You, the one thing, one of your other you know media conglomerates that you've gotten into <laughs> is this uh, is new dissident radio. Is that what they? Yeah, is that yeah, what it's yeah, called? Yeah. Your show is called the Spoon. Yes. Where can you know? Tell me a little bit about it and where can people listen? Uh, to NewDissidentRadio.com. One word. Um, the show is called The Spoon. Uh, it's Chris Jackson from Nice Guy Eddie and uh, our other friend Tom Bowers. Uh, and uh, we actually have a, uh, a, a, we wrote a Christmas song for, you know, our, our last Christmas show. And uh, it goes, well, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, it's a spoony Christmas. It's a Spoony Christmas with three guys who sit around and talk about nothing for an hour. It's a, that's basically what the show is about. He sounds like, like he sounds like you put a lot of thought into that, right? Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so it's supposed to sound offhand. It it, well, it does sound offhand. Yeah, it sounds very offhand. No, um it, it, it we just sort of whatever is on our minds and it's it's a lot like the interview that we did, you know, the talking that we've done here, right. only only it's unsanctioned. Right. You know, you you actually every once in a while. So you like, can say the Carlin words. You tightened the rope. You tightened the rope and said, whoa, 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 why don't we go back to what we're talking about? Right. That doesn't happen on the spoon. The spoon is like, it's, um, oh, someone described it as the conversational equivalent of playing with a cat with a laser pointer. Okay. Yeah. You know how you, you know, point the laser pointer at the wall and the cat just loses it? That's pretty much what our show is. Yeah. And this New is on every this Monday is, night uh, from uh, six to seven. Okay, so it's just an hour. Yeah, yeah, short little. I bet thing. the hour flies by. It does. It does. My and hour it, flies by here every week. I know. It's, I, I mean, if you like what you do, you know what I mean. It's like you can't be there long enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally how I feel about it. So, but but there is there some theme. I mean, if it's new dissident radio, well, new dissident I mean, radio does a lot of political talk. And originally, I was going to do a political talk show because so that's the impression I got was that you were kind of doing like a peanut well, gallery version. There of, is there is a politics. Li- there is a little of that. We do we we cover politics, but we, I mean, in in one show, uh, you know, the, they're all hyperlinked. You know, it's all you know. We click here, and that sends you over here, and this right. sends you over. So a discussion that starts out, uh, we you know, and we were talking about all the horrible stuff that's happening in Japan and it turned into a discussion about earthquake preparedness and both serious and not you know I mean my girlfriend uh, Jenny was on the show with us you know and we were talking about earthquake preparedness and she said we have no plan I said yes we do I scream like a little girl and you tell me to shut up 
that's what'll happen in an earthquake. It's going to be great. Um, so we we had uh, you know we we cover it, just, and that sent us off in another direction of, and so we we, we cover serious subjects in a funny way and then we cover funny subjects in yeah. a serious way and it's, then, it's, and, it's, and it's some of its music we bring in you know bands that we that we like and you know and want to play so you know it sounds to me like one of my pub conversations with like my closest buddies mm-hmm. like we would I would we would always call it checking into the pub there's a particular place in Chicago called the Hopleaf mm-hmm. and my, my, my buddies and I we would go in and we would we'd say okay we're going to check into the Hopleaf and then we, we would literally sit down with our pitcher of IPA and say okay what are we going to discuss first and we would pick something, you know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a heady topic, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, the earthquake preparedness or what's happening in Japan or right. Libya or a combination sure. of the two. You know, there were, then there were a few reoccurring themes, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relationships seem to come up a oh, lot, well, but, sure. yeah, which yeah. can be a pretty heady, heady topic yes, from time indeed. to time. Uh-huh. And, and we, would, we would, you know, try to work out the problems of the world, at least how our, our place yeah. in them and how we, they affected us and what we thought about them. And, uh, you know, we still do. You know, mm-hmm. when they come to town, I have a close friend coming to town this weekend, and, and maybe tonight after the show, you and I will work out yeah, some of well, the world's problems. I, I think I think uh, one of the great things about you know, again, technology cutting both ways. Um, all of these internet shows that are that are you know out there doing this kind of stuff. Um, it's a little like every we're tribal by our species is tribal. We are. That's why we make friends. When we make friends, we're looking for ourselves, a little bit of ourselves, that part we like about ourselves in someone else, or perhaps something we don't have in ourselves, Indeed. and we complement that. Indeed, and and so all of these things, you know, maybe they maybe they bring a couple of people together. Maybe with the dumbest crap that we can come up with on the spoon, maybe somebody. I'm, you know, I'm again. I'm hyperlinking, but on on the Facebook, you know, there's all this talk about how much of a waste of time it is, and you know, I, I'm, when I'm mixing, I have Facebook on, and you know, and when I take breaks, I, I, you know, I go on and I do a couple of Facebooky things. I found a website that uh, shows all of the crimes that have been committed in your area. And I posted it on my page. And some woman said, you know, we've been having trouble. Uh, Her name's Laura Adams. Laura Adams said, uh, in my town, you know, we were having a little trouble with crime. And um, this thing, she she sent it over to the police department. And this little moment actually quite possibly helped somebody out. It went beyond being just a silly thing, you know, and I'm acting like an idiot and trying to irritate people. Um, and I think that's what a lot of all, that's what your, that's what your show is. You know, people who are of a similar mind, we all get to sort of, you know, sit around the campfire and hopefully it gets somebody going, oh man, you know, I thought that too. You know, however the, however the material comes out, you know, if it, whether it's come out in a very, you know, informational way, I'm, you know, giving you information or if it just comes out of someone talking out of their butt. It's sharing the common experience of the human condition. Indeed. Yeah. So with that, we do need to wrap it up because uh, we have other other things happening here on Lancer Radio. Okay. Um, but uh, again, I, I can't thank you enough for coming by and spending thank the hour with Joe, us. Thank Joe. Thank you any time. I love it. Uh, you know, come back again sometime. You know, let us know. Tell me, tell me, tell our audience again where we can find you, where we can find your music, yeah, or what I, bands you're playing with. Are you playing out any t- anytime soon? I, I'm right now. I'm I'm in the studio working on the new on this new uh, record by a, the Spanish band Susie y Los Cuatro that I'm working with. That's the reason I went to Spain this time. So I'm cu- cutting all that together. I'm recording a whole bunch of nice guy Eddie songs. I'm starting on that solo thing. I mean, I got I got you know, and I got to be at work on Monday. Right. You know, I, <laughs> I got a lot of stuff. And going tell me on. again the name. And I'm of on it. Facebook. Book and and so just find me there and, and you know I'm really available I'm really easy to find yeah 
And this uh, this voiceover thing that you're doing, this cartoon yeah, thing, Doc when, Mc- when will that drop? Doc McStuffins comes out uh, probably next year, I think, is how that goes. The it'll be the, it'll, be, it'll be It's one of the flagship shows for Disney Junior. Uh, like as in as in 2012? I believe so, next yes. Year? Yeah, oh. it's a CG. That's a long timeline. It takes a long time to animate. Yeah. You know. So uh, so yeah, and it's uh, um, so that'll uh, that'll come out then, and you know hopefully by then I'll have all my and then every, and then of course together. we can also hear you every Monday night. You said at every seven? Monday night on, at, on New Dissonant Radio, yeah, six o'clock, six, six to seven, six o'clock Pacific Daylight Time. Yes, indeed, and uh, and uh, gosh, yeah, thank you. I, I'm you should be on mine now. I would I would love to come by. Okay, yeah, yeah. God knows I like to talk too. I mean, I've just tried to keep up tonight. <laughs> it's like you were strapped to a fast-moving train. That's all right, man. I knew what I was up against. That's what I love about. That's what I love most about you. Again, Robbie, thank you very much My for pleasure. being here today. Thank you. So our thanks to Robbie Rist, also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Tipinski, also to Valentina Rivera and engineer Will I Am Stoyakovich and from Lancer Radio. Tune in again next week on Land- and Independence Day to hear singer, guitarist, and crafty songwriter John Hoskinson. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Be good to one another.